Hey guys, you're listening to the JK Experience, where we train leaders to live a life of exceptional impact, influence, and faith. And hey, I'm, I'm solo today, but no, I'm not. I'm not really solo. I mean, James is not here, but I got an awesome interview that uh, I just got done with my man, Corey Proctor, uh, who is a former NFL player. And uh, wow, he has got a story for us today. Just got done with the interview. And um, I got to tell you, you know, I love having opportunities to talk with um, former professionals because here's the thing. They were former professionals in one area of their life, and they were able to discover how they could be professional the rest of their lives and losing purpose and finding purpose and discovering purpose is all in the conversation that we are going to talk today with Corey. Um, you know, listen, uh, one of the things that I think are uh, misguided when it comes to the way that we look at our professional athletes nowadays is that we put them on a pedestal. First and foremost, we put them on a pedestal. Uh, but secondly, is that we think that life for them is perfect. And I can tell you that that, is, that can't be farther from the truth. And, and Corey's really going to talk about um, you know, some, some pretty, uh, challenging things that he had to go through, uh, not only with himself, just mentally, but also just like with things that happened to his family, uh, to things that happened just in life in general. And, uh, the thing that I love about it is, uh, like so many of us we're we're always looking for, how do we, how do we turn the page? How do we open the next chapter uh, of our life? And uh, Corey just does a, a, an exceptionally great job of explaining how he was able to do that. And he's got some really great words of wisdom about how you can, how you can change uh, the, the, uh, the conversation in your head and how you can turn uh, the chapter in your life for a much, much better and brighter one. So without further ado, my man, Mr. Corey Proctor. All right, buddy. Hey, Corey, I'm so glad you joined us on the show today, man. It has been, um, it's really cool. You know, uh, as I started this journey with this uh, podcast, I uh, always knew that we wanted to get uh, other men and women um, of really unique and interesting backgrounds on the show. And it's really cool how God has opened up those doors. And and uh, if it wasn't for the proximity uh, principle, uh, I, I, we would not be talking today. And I'm so glad that we've got mutual friends and mutual people that we have connected with. So uh, it is so good to have you on the show. And I just, I want to thank you for your time because I know you're a busy man and you got a lot of things going on. I, you know, I appreciate it, man. It's good. Everybody's got a lot going on, but if you don't yeah. make time, it won't happen. So uh, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Well, I think we're kind of kindred spirits here, man. You know, the, when we were talking the other day, uh, we were just talking about uh, just just the uh, the role that men play in our world. And, you know, you you grew up uh, in a man's sport. Uh, you uh, obviously played professional football for a number of years, and you were in the grind of that. And I'm just curious to know, like, uh, you know, help, just walk us through that. Uh, you know, when you were growing up, I mean, was it always that way? Did you, what was your father figure like? What was, what was life like around you that uh, allowed you to pursue, other than the fact that you just had natural ability, what was it that allowed you to 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 excel and, and get into professional sports at such a uh, such a young age? Man, I I, I guess, and, and this might be some similar stories to me. I, I, my folks, I came, I was raised up. I'm middle of three boys. Um, my mom and dad split when I was about nine years old, and uh, and so you know we ended up moving back and forth in between them. 
moving a whole lot. And we, we were all, we got involved in sports and soccer and softball. I sucked at softball, man. It's, I'm like, if you could strike out in not softball, but in T-ball, if you can strike <laughs> out in T-ball, it's just not the sport for you. And, and so that's where I was. Uh, but you know, we always grew up loving sports. Like dad, I remember dad taking us to Mariners games up in Seattle, Washington, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we went to a couple Seahawks games, uh, and we're into sports, but I was just kind of always this chubby kid when we moved around, you know, I, I dove, it's still a problem. I dove deep into that bag of Doritos and, um, <laughs> and so, you know, but my, through all that that was going on because of the split and moving, moving back and forth you know both my mom and my dad were trying to get their lives back in some sort sort of order mm-hmm. and obviously maintain relationships with us and build continue to build that while going through this transition which is a really hard time um you know but that being said my dad was a full-time veterinarian he worked on his large animal vet primarily on uh thoroughbred racehorses and which was really cool so I, so whenever you know, i was with my dad we were always doing farm calls. He worked around the clock. I mean, he got a call in the middle of the night that a horse was, you know, had something wrong with it. And this is the doctor getting called in the middle of the night. He went on every single call. Yeah. And, uh, and then mom on the other side of that, um, you know, at one point she had three different jobs. Hmm. And so, you know, us three boys, you know, we were by, you know, we'd be visiting, but we are left up to our own selves a lot of the time. And hmm. so we had to entertain ourselves. That's why I ate a lot. Hmm. Um, and then we, you know, we play pool or screw around, beat each other up half the time and, <laughs> or just go get into trouble like boys do Yeah, go burn something, you know, get in trouble there. <laughs> but, um, you know, so we jumped into a lot of this. So it, it was, it was tough. So like my parents, you know, they did the best they could, uh, but, and they are absolutely where I got my work ethic from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't, you know, when I got into sports, sports is what reinforced me becoming a man and having to step into some some difficult territory and and how to and really in a big way taught me how to confront some of that stuff Mm -hmm. and um and and i'll give you an example so okay i played football and and i wrestled in high school and and we moved around a ton um went to um uh eight different schools seven different schools in a four-year time period and so uh, we landed in Geek Harbor, Washington, seventh grade. It was our last move, going back and forth like that. Um, and so uh, went into, into the high school, made great relationships with the coaches. And I was just kind of this guy floating around this whole time. Uh, my head my head wrestling coach, who was also my freshman football coach, um, Raul and Sarah, was this short little jet Greek dude. And he, he, whenever he talked to you, he made zero sense about anything. But it was awesome because I remember one time during spring break, um, Matt, he could just, he could sense something was wrong with me. Hmm. And, and like a lot of people go through uh, splits with their parents, you know, holidays become a really hard time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so same thing for us. And so one time I came in during uh, winter break and he could sense something was, and it's going on. And, and I couldn't even sense it myself. I had no idea what was going on. I was just used to this stuff that was happening mm-hmm. it's pretty repetitive and um and he called me into his i came into the mat room and uh he I, I don't know how he did but he was like come come into my office and he just he started talking about what's going on with you and i don't know why but like but that moment was when i just started bawling like i was a crybaby anyways but that's when i just i started this big 
big old dude starts crying mm -hmm. and and he just started talking to me about his family mm -hmm. and and sharing what it, it meant to be you know what a mom and dad were to him and and it was like and same thing at the end of it it didn't make a whole lot of sense but i didn't remember what was said fully but i just remember he took enough time to to share with me and and, and to try to relate and uh and so anyways i i say that because coaches in my background uh, these became second father figures to me mm -hmm. and and so i ended up wanting that i wanted their approval so much uh, because I looked at him in that way. <clears throat> and, uh, and so it ended up being a really great thing for me because as they pushed me, um, to become better, you know, obviously, obviously I, I found a gift that God had put in my life, uh, and that propelled me into a lot bigger place. I mean, I remember the guy who invited me to play football for the first time. You think of a moment like that where you're yeah. just like, Hey, you're a big guy. You should come play ball with us. Yeah. Um, and he was a problem a guy in the school. I remember I thought he was just going to beat me up and stop me in the middle of the hallway. But uh, but he invited me to play football. And you think about a moment as, as minuscule as that, just yeah. to, hey, come on out and hang with us, basically, uh, where you get into a, a family that you find a gift and start sharpening your sword and finding attributes and developing your, your character in a massive way that leads to getting a scholarship, playing in the NFL, getting my wife, my kids, and and opening my own business here yeah. in Texas. And you're like, you know, something moments like that are explosive to a point, but that's, you know, that's kind of like, it was so great for me to have, have those sports in my life and coaches in my life that were, were massive add add ons to my parents uh, and becoming who I am right now. So yeah. long winded for you, but <laughs> no, I love, dude, I love it. I mean, one of the things that yeah, I, I was just reminded by is that, you know, the wisdom that you've gained from that to be able to reflect because most people, you know, everybody wants wisdom in their life, right? We all we all want to attain more wisdom in our life, but unless we're reflecting on those moments, unless we really look back and go, okay, well, why did those all serve me? Why why were all those actually a benefit? All those challenges that I faced, and the fact that you were able to bring it back to that one single moment of that guy that you thought was going to beat you up, but he was inviting you, and that was one of the catalysts that propelled you to take another route, right? And you could have gone a completely different route. I'm curious to know, you know, like, was there a moment as you were growing up? I mean, did you, were you always, were you always a big presence? Were you, did you always have the physical features or was there a time where you just sprouted and it was like, okay, I think that there's a next level for this because I know, you know, I've got, I've got a boy that's uh, 13. I got a boy that's 12. I remember playing and there was those kids in, in junior high that you're like, man, that guy is going to be amazing. He's going to be awesome when he gets to high school. And then they never grow after like seventh grade, eighth grade. Right. <laughs> and then you have the ninth graders where you're like, dude, he's not going to do anything. And then they grow six inches the next year. And you're like, you are a force to be reckoned with. So I'm curious, like, what was, what did that look like for you as a young boy going up and getting into high school? Um, I was this height in eighth grade. I was six wow. four, two hundred and thirty pounds in eighth grade. Oh, um, I and I stopped growing. I mean, I I grew. I developed my body. Yeah. And obviously, it's coming into a man, but yeah. Um, and my strength, but height wise, I I blew up in in like junior high, middle school, like right before that time frame. Oh. I remember getting the um, what the heck, the the leg pains, what the growing yeah, pains. The growing, I remember getting oh, man. so bad yeah. in my legs. And, uh, and all of a sudden that just, I sprout up then and it stops completely. Uh, and so I'll, I'll tell people and what, I'm not sure if you're fully going in this direction, but 
um, I'll get a lot of guys, especially, or even I'll get some ladies that are competitive, but I'll get a lot of guys that are like, man, how do I get my kid more aggressive? I'm like, well, how old is he? He's like eight. I go aggressive. He doesn't even be more aggressive. You need to reinforce this kid working hard. Aggression yeah. will naturally come in. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't fully turn on an aggressive light bulb at all until my junior year of high school. Hmm. And, and before where I had this body, you know, okay, I played, I didn't play eighth grade. I played seventh grade. We moved again. I didn't play eighth grade. I played ninth grade. And so I'm just this body. And that's why I say coaches were so much to me. Um, I remember Raul and Sarah, my coach, he was like, we need another body. And so because I thought I wanted him to like me, yeah. I jumped right back into the drill after taking a rep already. And so, and he was like, good job. And he used to yeah. call me chorus, which is not my name at all. <laughs> he was like, good job, chorus. <laughs> so, but, but because of that, you know, my body started developing faster mm. because I was a try hard guy. And um, so I worked hard. I, okay. I would get stronger. I would get in, in shape faster and I'm not saying better shape than everybody else, but I get in shape faster for my body yeah. and, um, and I could do more. I had a bigger, larger capacity. And so when it came time, all of a sudden this progression started happening where there was, uh, in football, especially like, you know, coaches like guys to go hit. And, and so, all of a sudden that's kind of when the light bulb came on where I was looking to hit somebody. I wasn't just doing a job and trying hard for the mm -hmm. coach when I was looking to go hit somebody. And, and that's, that's a different, that's, that's a flip of the aggression switch right there. Um, but, uh, but I, but I like to tell people, I'm like, listen, kid, you're going to be all over the map with that, with when they show up. And I had Jake Scott, um, when I was doing my college visits, he was a tackle at Idaho. I had a great story from his, his coach or his recruiter there, Jake Scott, this guy, he was um, one of the starting tackles at University of Idaho, the, Van the Vandals. And he was coming out of high school. He's getting a little recruited, but he was small. And, and so it turns out he wasn't going to do anything. And he, the recruiter was telling me this when I took a visit to Idaho. Um, he goes, but he goes, I saw that guy in the grocery store the summer after his senior year of high school and the guy had sprouted like four inches, something like that. Like you just mentioned mm -hmm. in that summer. And he goes, Holy cow. All of a sudden this dude's tall. And he, he goes, we gray shirted him, ended up offering him a gray shirt and he took it. Well, he started, ended up being a fourth round draft pick to Indianapolis, won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning and getting like a $30 million contract with the Tennessee Titans after yeah. that. And he grew a beard that goes down to his chest. And anyways, <laughs> but um, wicked smart. So it's like you have no idea where people are going to yeah. fall. Yeah. It's it's like let's 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 teach the good good works work ethic character development. Let's do those are the most vital things that are carry somebody through life. Anyways, develop those, and any intangible that comes with it mm -hmm. is just gonna it's, it's gonna support it. You know. Yeah. So, anyways. Dude, I love, I love, I love that you went into what that aggressiveness looks like, looks like, and why that's so important that we don't like. Listen, it's going to come. Let's just teach you a great work ethic because, listen, being around the sports realm as a competitor, competitor myself, as a father that's got uh, children in, in competitive sports, that's what you want. Is you want you, you naturally go back to like, hey, just be more aggressive. And uh, it's funny because I literally was talking about this a couple of weeks ago where I've got three, three, our oldest three, are not nearly as aggressive as our youngest, and our youngest is like. We got to kind of like pull it back a little bit. Like, hey, like, let, it's okay. Like, you can pass the ball. Don't be so aggressive. And then I caught myself going, wait a second. Like, 
we're trying to get our our oldest to be aggressive and now we're trying to hold this one back. I'm like, no, that's not right. Like, let's let her go. Just she's going to naturally do it. She's got it. The other ones don't have it right now. They'll get it eventually. And I love the fact that you brought that in into this. And I, I think there's a lot of people that can take some really good nuggets away from that. Um, I'd like to go into, obviously you had a great career in, in the NFL and a lot of people, they can look you up. And I know that you've spoken many, many times on that, but I always like the transition into life. I always like to talk about, you know, what was that like for you to go as a, to go as a professional athlete into, into the real world, right? Because it's a bubble, you know, when you're, when you're in that, in that world, it, it is literally a bubble and you're not really. I mean, first of all, you're not normal because you're doing something exceptional. You're a professional athlete. It's just a different world in, in that realm. What was it like for you? What was the uh, what was the thing that you were looking forward to the most in that transition? But what was the thing that was the hardest for you to transition into life after the game? Uh, I I tell you what, man. I um I I think guys are probably getting a little more cognizant of it these days I but I wasn't a guy that ever thought about transitioning you know, I had never thought of any exit from football ever in my life and um and it, you know you get people that would preach at you about it and but I'm like listen you got to go about this a different way because I I don't I'm a guy trying to make a team this is the way I like to speak to guys too that are currently playing because you'll get other people or even player development reps on the teams yeah, you know, I'll like I'll talk. I talked with the rookies here with the Cowboys just a week a week ago, and um, our guy Brian's awesome. He's look, he was there since I was there. But sometimes, you know, we can get very much in this tell you what to do state, yeah. and what you you know, and yeah, a lot of us like to be told what to do. It's good, but it's only if it's invited. And and on top of it, especially an athlete, you're telling somebody who's kind of had their identity wrapped up in this place in a long time yeah. for such a big portion of the life where they've been working at it for so long, uh, you tell them to start planning for the next gig. And yeah, I know the average is three plus years in the league, but don't tell me to start working towards, I'm working towards this right now, right? Yeah. I'm trying to make the team right now. Yeah. I'm not trying to make somebody else's team I'm trying to make this one. And so, um, you know, you would get some of that. So I never planned for the transition. What, like, I don't think most do. I think it's a better, I think more guys are getting it more today in a good way, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't plan for that. So when I got hurt, I had every intent on coming straight back mm-hmm. and, um, uh, and, and God had a totally different plan for that. Cause I ended up, I ruptured my patella tendon in Miami, which led to um, an infection in my knee. And so I had, two stints with pick lines in my arms. I or shoot. I started walking the week of our wedding and, uh, and it was just, it was kind of a crazy, uh, my, I remember my left quad was so atrophied. I couldn't do a, a straight leg lift off the table and, wow. um, or, or even had so much scar tissue at some one point, you know, when you'd sit on the training table and your legs are 90 degree hanging off, well, yeah. you know, my left leg would just sit out like this and it was just kind of funny, but, um, but anyways, you know, I went through that totally intent on coming back, uh, tried to train with a trainer in New Jersey for a while. And, uh, it just didn't have, it had some workouts and it just had a lot of surgeries under my belt, had a higher price tag. There's younger guys with, with not those scars and cheaper alternatives. Right. Yeah. So, um, uh, that's just what it is in the league. And so I, we kind of had to face this transition at some point. 
um, and burn through some cash to get to that ultimate place. Right. Um, but I, you know, at the end of it, I got tired of, of waiting for you as my agent or you as a football team to tell me what I could do. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, we're in this instruction mode, like military guys, right? We're in instruction, do what you're told mode for so long mm-hmm. um, that it's hard to turn, turn the engine to you do for you now instead of they mm-hmm. do for you. And, uh, and so you get, I got, we got to this point. I remember with my wife, we were in New Jersey in an apartment and I was just like, we got to do something for ourselves. And, um, and we, we set a timeline. So it's like setting a goal. So we said, okay, if by March, nothing happens, we're going to start looking at homes in Texas where we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, and so that's what we did. Nothing happened. So we're not going to shut the door completely, but we're actually mm-hmm. going to start moving in a direction where we want to go. Cause we can't just sit here all day long. Can't go work out every day, come home and watch TV. Can't do the same repetitive stuff every single day and week and and not move in life and so um and so finally i wish i would have had an earlier uh move in my mind like this but finally texas bought a house uh started going back to school to finish my degree Hmm. and uh, and it was it was good and i even had one last call to new orleans and came to the rookie camp and did really well and uh and it was really good but uh it's not an easy process you're still going through this. I'm, I'm very much an activator where I'm like, I'd re- much rather do than that or much rather play than watch. Yeah. Um, and so, which is good for me, it's a good and bad thing, but I, I'd much rather go do something. So I went and got my schooling done. And then right before I graduated, now I'm faced with this. Okay. It's not happening. So I got to find a job. And what's ha- what's funny is you never really like fully kind of come to this fruition point. Right. And, or, or come to this realization that it's fully over. I don't know about if this happened for you, yeah. but um, a lot of it kind of came to head for me. <clears throat> so we went, I got into a job. It was sales gig at first before I started a financial company <clears throat> and had some different revelation, revelational pieces. But um, I started with, Buddy was like, man, you like to talk and you're outgoing, like to talk with people, go go get a sales gig. And and so I started working with this beverage company out of Atlanta. Just uh, they needed a, a Dallas Fort Worth rep, and so I started there. Ended up being a great season for me. Um, but the biggest thing that affected, kind of came to head in our life in this transition, was when my brother lost his son to cancer, mm-hmm. and, um, and and we just had his anniversary was the other day, and uh, our girl Grace was born during his battle with cancer, and mm-hmm. his name was Evan. Um, uh, which actually is uh, diminutive of John, which stands for, which means God is gracious, mm-hmm. and uh, and so that's the reason we we named Hank our son after that because Hank is a medieval diminutive of John, and I wanted him to have uh, that kind of relation to Evan, mm-hmm. and so um, <clears throat> ended up being really good. But what happened is that was you know I'm in this new job, we have our baby girl during this fight, and Evan, and so like this big shifts happen in our life where I, I didn't realize what's happening because a lot of men, especially can, can really kind of get numb and just get working and get moving and try mm-hmm. to, all right, you know, you shove emotions to a side. I don't say it's yeah. a bad thing necessarily. I like the default of go to work. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but what happened is all of this kind of came to a head. Um, when we got invited to church, and go through this 
clashing with God all of a sudden. And, and so I kind of came to this place like, all right, God's going to give me this gift, but he took away this, this precious kid at the same time. Yeah. And, and I couldn't compute that in my head. And so that double it compounded on top of this transition I'm trying to happen in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden these two big, these two big things compound, um, my identity shift from playing football because I still very much identified. Hey, I'm a, you know yeah. I'm a Dallas Cowboy. I'm a do yeah. I played in the NFL. I'm an yeah. athlete, yeah. and um, and then all of a sudden, true loss. Um, this is a loss too, but true loss um, hits hits deep, and so these kind of compounded on top of each other. Right, right. I was straight up cussing at God about this type of stuff, and. Um, had it started having some of these crazy thoughts, suicidal thoughts even. And um, not like I would ever act on it, but like people have had it, like, you know, something easy, like it'd be really easy to just, just graze right across the middle line yeah. and, hmm. and going to oncoming traffic and something weird like that where it creeps in your head and you're like, what the, yeah. you're like, what the hell was that? Like, right. well, how, how did I just have that? And, and so, um, I had to go, I had to fight through this process to, to a place where ultimately I get to a, I, I commit myself to God. I get, re, I get baptized in, in non-denominational church. We go to milestone here in Keller, Texas, and we get to this place where it's, it's a totally different side and a totally different build than where I was as a player. And, mm-hmm. And I know this is really long-winded, and, and it is a lot more than you probably asked for in that question. But going through that transition, it was not easy. It sucked, and it's not something I want to repeat. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't go through that, there there would not be uh, a, a newfound place in where I'm at. I would not be the man that I'm at right now. I would not be. I would not appreciate my wife and my children like I do, and I wouldn't appreciate my faith or anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the way that I do, or fight with the the conviction that I have, if I hadn't walked through those battles, uh, mm-hmm. and and so I just I just say I, I would communicate to anybody going through a transition time in their life, you know, whatever the hell it is, keep moving through it because ultimately what God's got on the other side for this is is going to be more powerful than you could ever find walking in that thing, yeah. and 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 it'll get there. Um, even if you have enemy thoughts creeping into your head, those are not your thoughts. If they're destructive thoughts, they're not yours. That's the devil trying to plant crap in your head, and it's not yours. Only only good things are coming out of that, I promise. Yeah. So you can fight past that and strike them down. And so uh, any, anyways, it's just really good. I'm jumbling my words a lot right now, but that, that transition time, it sucked. But it, it ended up being critical for where uh, I am and what I stand on today. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. One of the, yeah. uh, you know, I've had many conversations with my father who's been instrumental in my life. And one of the things that he, uh, he, he told me and, and really helped me, uh, identify those, those negative thoughts in, in our heads that we have is the devil will always call you by your sins, but God will always call you by your name. And, mm-hmm. you know, we struggle with that because we are reminded of our past or we, or we, or we put these thoughts in our head, these stories that we start to believe about who we are and the shortcomings that we have. And that, and of course, once again, as that transition is, as you said, you know, you lose your identity and, and that's such a, 
it's it's hard, you know, as a especially as a very accomplished individual, you know, you reach the pinnacle of your sport, you're a you're a professional athlete, or you're just a professional uh, in in whatever it is that you've um, you've been you've been you've been uh, pushing for and training for and, and getting education for, and then all of a sudden it's taken away, and just like you said, there was no plan B, like this was life, and and that was everything that you wanted to be. I'm curious. Corey is, you know, you say that you, you're glad you went through it now. And, and, you know, when you look back on it, you're like, you are a better man because of that. Uh, were you a pre- I mean, were you were a pretty good guy when you were playing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I mean, a good character, a lot of good things, yeah. I, but I look back now, I was just, I was, I was a good guy, but I, in general, right. I say yeah. that. No, I get salt. it. Um, but I was very much a go with the flow kind of guy. Yeah, I, I I can relate so much to that. You know, I know that I was a I know that I was a a really good guy. I know that I was really I was a pretty good teammate. Obviously, I was really driven for my individual success in order to you know get up to the, to the level that I wanted to achieve. But I was a pretty good teammate. You know, I wanted to win. I wanted us to all to win. I wanted us to share in that. And, and I I will tell you, I love what you said because I feel the same way. It's like, man, it took me. 13 years to, to have that epiphany eventually to say, wow, I actually was created for a greater purpose and I'm such a better man because of the stuff that I went through. How many years did it take you to go from that and to really discover that you do have a greater purpose in life? Yeah, it took me a while. Yeah. Um, I didn't, you know, this kind of, this is this has been and, and like I'm never not developing. Right, right. we're never not sure. developing as, yeah. as men or people. Um, but I, you know, I started finding out that I had a purpose when I first when I started gaining my faith. Mm-hmm. That's that's when it started, yeah. and like I never I never necessarily thought of purpose in my life. You know, mm-hmm. I never thought of uh, choosing my words for a purpose. I never I never thought of even the, yeah, I, I knew I'd work out to get stronger, to be better on the field or whatever, but, um, in general thoughts like that, but I never had purpose in any other areas of my life. So I didn't walk with intentionality in those areas. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that didn't really start coming until, um, my face showed up and when that, what, and really what, what happened there was I, I showed up and we went to church and it was not, I didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. It was, it was totally my wife, Said I'm I'm taking Grace to church, 11 a.m. service. You can come if you want. And and I'm my house. Don't tell me what to do. You know. And I'm, I'm like, so you know, the good thing is um, I didn't fight, and so I just said, fine, whatever. And I go in, and what had happened is God had totally put a vision of my nephew on me, and uh, and it was I'm still dealing with this, and so um, what had happened is it had brought, it was an emotional place. I didn't talk about it for a long time, but it brought the wall down enough to come back. And so what has started happening is like, okay, I'm now I'm just listening to the messages and, and they're really good. And, and so, but I'm skeptical about the whole thing. I'm still, I'm like naturally kind of a skeptic, this glass half empty kind of guy sometimes. And so mm-hmm. um, it, it's, and so, um, but I'm hearing these messages that actually resonated really well. Our pastor, Jeff Little is really great. I love him. Um, they started resonating with me. Then I get invited to a men's group and I can start hearing other guys' stories, which is really what starts like, holy crap to me, blowing my mind a little bit. 
And then, um, and then uh, we, I get in a men's development group and then we start really reading some books and what started out as an assignment first, you know, where I'm just cramming underneath the dome light of my, my truck in the morning before we go meet at 6am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what started out, you know, what started out just as, as uh, an assignment ended up turning into uh, a, a massive consumption habit for me. And so I was not a reader before. I remember Megan would laugh because I'd make fun of her about reading because she's a licensed attorney. And actually, you know, you go through law school and a lot of law students laugh about it because they have to start using glasses. They read so much. Yeah. But all of a sudden, something got turned on inside of me where I was it started with John Maxwell, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, which I love and I'm a big Maxwell fan. But I just started talking about leadership skills in general. And I never had this stuff really turned on to me before. Maybe I just didn't pay attention. And, and all of a sudden, I'm reading these books, and there's just pieces of gold coming out of these. And, and at, at the time, I was kind of struggling uh, with the leadership in my job at the time with the sales company I was with. And so going back and forth with some of these things and um, still trying to decide what I was really supposed to be doing, right? I like to sell, but it wasn't, that's not where we're supposed to be. That was a long-term stay. And, and so, but because I was consuming so much, it became every book, every podcast, every message, every TED Talk, and you would just mention something to me. And I, I just did it before we got on here. I bought another book. Yeah. But <laughs> you see right here, I do, this is just a small little stack of books that I have, I have a whole bunch in the closet. But all of a sudden, I just started everything possible I could eat. Um, I was, I was eating and I was consuming. And, uh, and, and because of that, all of a sudden, um, where I wasn't just a guy anymore, I didn't really have an opinion or I didn't really have a thought on anything else. All of a sudden, um, I wasn't trying to pour from an empty cup. Like I was full, filled up. I had all this information and revelation going on in me that you just would be the poor sucker that would get it all of a sudden. And, and so you would be sharing something with me. And I'm like, man, that's funny you say that. Cause I would, I just read this, or I just heard this that really hit me. Mm -hmm. And just like you talked about your dad, I just wrote it down. Devil calls you by your sins. God calls you by your name. Mm -hmm. It's personal. And, uh, one wants to talk down to you. The other one wants to talk up with you. Mm -hmm. And, and so like all of a sudden I had this and things started changing in my life. And through that consumption um, is where I ultimately started finding my purpose. Mm. And, and so it was my faith with God. Basically, I had to get in line with him. I had to be on his team first. Then he started. He basically, God took me. He was like, listen, I got a really good guy. He knows how to work. He works with the team. He, he knows what sweat equity is. He does a lot of great, good things, right? But now that you're with me, now I'm going to create a leader. Mm. And, and so... I was, I, and I didn't realize this was happening at the time, but all of a sudden he was taking those good characteristics I had in me and he was forming those into something a whole lot bigger. Yeah. And, and that's where all of a sudden, I, I love telling people, if you're not sure where you're supposed to go, go eat, go eat, go eat, go eat, and go eat. And if you got faith, go, go read your Bible. If, mm -hmm. if it's, if you leadership, whatever, go read some leadership, go read some soul developing books, go read some. Uh, one of my favorites, John Eldridge, we talked about it last, yeah. la uh, the other day, yep. um, was wild at heart, right? If you're a man struggling with what you're supposed to be doing in life or where you're supposed to be in your marriage or with your kids or whatever, go read wild at heart. Mm -hmm. And uh, three times, but all these different kinds of books that I've read 
that started feeding into my soul, into my purpose. And so instead of having this wide gap of not knowing where I'm supposed to be on the road, this thing started shaking down into a really purpose-filled narrow lane where I knew I was going. Yeah. And and that's ultimately it started my business. It, it it fed the way I speak into my my family and the way I speak to myself and other people. Yeah. Um, and I and on top of it, now I get I get pushback for it um, even then because I'm convicted in areas that are not popular in our yeah. society. Yep. Um, but because I became convicted, holy cow, my marriage took another level, mm-hmm. and and holy cow, my my children started repeating some of these things and started exhibiting some of the things in their school. Our girl Grace right now, this stuff started popping off all around Mm -hmm. and, and the reinforcing factor was massive. And that's when I knew I was writing in my purpose. That was a totally different story. So yeah. Anyways, isn't it great though? Isn't it great on that journey, you know, to have that realization eventually where you're like, man, I was created on purpose with a purpose and how many people, how many men, especially, we just talk because I know that's a passion of both of ours, is they don't understand that, they don't realize that, and they don't even believe in that, and how powerful that is, and how confident you feel, and when you know that, and you feel secure with that, right? That security of knowing who you are and, and whose you are, uh, as what, one of the things I like to say. Speaking of uh, your your next venture, Pro Capital Wealth Management is the company uh, that you created, and I know that uh, it's just going great. I love your mission, as we talked a little bit earlier about that work hard, play hard. Uh, it's part of like, you know, that's just part of our mission as well, too. We have a couple that we've added in there, but this work hard, play hard mentality obviously is has been with you for a long time. And I love the fact that you've kept it through the years as well, too. This is obviously something that you're very passionate about. Talk us, talk to us a little bit about Pro Capital Wealth and and uh, and what your vision for, for this management company looks like. Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> where Pro Capital came from, I, I tell you what, I was never expected to be in this line of work in uh, my life. Yeah. Uh, but this and this is and this is where a lot of what we just talked about this consumption and realizing kind of like reflected on my past and finding my purpose all of that started melding in uh, to one is really what brought me to this and, and so there's a few things one um when i was in high school i got into a car accident and um and rear-ended a lady uh, she was turning left into apartments i rear-ended her she ended up suing my family and uh, and so Weird deal. I, I remember at the time I couldn't comprehend this thing that was going on in my head. Right. But this, this lady had ended up filing a lawsuit with our family and, and that doesn't help our financial picture at all. It's not like we were ever rich when I was growing up. I, I was provided for, um, but it was a bad deal. And so our, our lives were exposed at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so susceptible to the lawsuit. I, um, coming into the league, you know, you hear stories of athletes going broke all the time, yeah. basically the lot of winner and, and, and go bankrupt within years. And so, um, I was, I had thought that was in my mind. And on top of it, I, I saw guys lose deals. One of my buddies lost 12 million in a deal that I saw one time, just completely gone. And, and so, and then the third going through that with my, um, my nephew, seeing how medical bills can stack up like crazy. And so, uh, you know, having these life moments, um, really turned me into naturally a protector, but I have this balance of aggressor. I want to grow my money, but I also want to protect it at the same time. So really 
what I do, what I found out was a lot of people with money was similar to me. When I was playing ball, I was afraid of getting into a wreck and you wouldn't assume me for everything that I had. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I, I, I found ways to protect that. And so what I, I brought that into my same, um, mantra right now, where ultimately I want to, <clears throat> I want to put a, a, a steel frame around your portfolio and protect it, um, against potential market meltdown or judgment in a lawsuit. And so if I can protect that, I'm doing something right for my people mm -hmm. in a big way because that stuff happens. We had, um, I think it was 43 million civil lawsuits filed in 2018 over that number. We're the most litigious society in, yeah. in the world. Yeah. And, and people are just, they're so happy that people mm -hmm. want to be offended about something. And if you look like you have money, I'm going to file a lawsuit to go get that. Mm -hmm. And, and so if I can protect that, that's a big one because uh, I want to make sure families are taken care of. And then the other side of that, my work hard, play hard, man, you fight your whole life for what you have worked for, protect it on the one side and then enjoy it on the other. Mm -hmm. And, and so that enjoy it part is a massive deal. We naturally as men can get so driven, even uh, some awesome strong ladies can get so driven into their job or into the home life, even where they never ever enjoy it. And, and so, um, it's an easy and escape for sure. But like, if, if we work so hard, let's, let's enjoy the fruits of our labors and, and go and go like party hard at the same time with our family and yeah. with our friends and enjoy that. I mean, it's, let's go take some vacations. Let's go. Even if it's just sitting at home, I love to grill outside, man. I smoke a ton of meat. I just got some friends <laughs> from Alaska that sent me a bunch of caribou moose reindeer sausage for crying out loud a bunch of halibut <laughs> yeah. and laughing and i'm like that's where i'm at man yeah. so i'm gonna go get the grill some good tunes yeah uh maybe a beer and yeah. i'm gonna have a good time you know absolutely man <laughs> well we talk about, i'm gonna i'm sending down some buffalo bro so you're gonna get some wyoming bu yeah. buffalo from wyoming as well too man so it's it is the best meat out there i will tell you so <sighs> I love it, man. Awesome. I love it. I, well, I just, I, I really do. I, I, thanks for being so vulnerable today. You know, uh, you shared, shared some pretty personal stuff and, um, you know, I think that I just know that people connect with you. I know that people, uh, love to hear that, uh, you're not perfect. You know, that as a professional athlete, that th we, we all have flaws. And unfortunately, sometimes what we do is we, we hold these athletes and professionals up to these pedestals that they, they can never fulfill that. There's not because they're human. They're they're human just like us. We're human just like they are. And and I think it's really good for us to hear those real stories and those challenges because I don't care if you're professional or if you're just a, a if you're a, um, an average Joe guy out there just trying to make a living, trying to take care of your family. Uh, we go through challenges every single day, and it's just good to have that uh, truth being told out there. Um, I know a lot of people are going to want to follow you. What's the best? Uh, what's the best best platform for you? What what what? Uh, where do you like to be at? Um, you can follow. I'm on Instagram, Twitter at Corey Proctor, uh, Facebook, and then I mean you can go to my website, obviously ProCapitalTX.com yep. or CoreyProctor.com and check that out. Um, but I'm I'm all over there. I, I'll respond back to everybody yeah. unless you're one of those bots bot chicks or something and I just <laughs> yeah. delete that stuff but um but yeah reach out man I'm, I'm happy to talk with anybody and it's give some love 
yeah, your way. Um, so, well, I'm excited, man. I'm so glad I got uh, the opportunity to meet you. I hope that we continue to have our conversations and uh, and see what the future holds for the both of us, man. And uh, just really, and really have appreciated you being on the show today. I, I know we're going to get some great feedback from people here. Uh, just last thoughts. Um, you know, this is a show. We've got a lot of entrepreneurs. We've got a lot of people that are that are still growing their their empire, their wealth. They're trying to find that greater purpose in life. And uh, is there anything that you just like to say as we kind of wrap this show up? Um, biggest thing I, I like to share with that is, is people want to do business with people who are relatable mm-hmm. and, and if you're in, yes, you got to provide market value. You got to provide something that people want, um, that is good. Um, but if you're not relatable in what you do, people don't care what you do. Yeah. And, and, and in general, like, especially in my line of business, I, I have to, how do I get somebody to hold their money with me essentially like how do how do i gain those clients well um your people will always go in the path of least resistance even if it's to their detriment they'll do that right i mean it's come on we're the most obese society or obese place in in the world right now and and people will naturally even though they know that is unhealthy they'll just keep going that path because i've known that path Mm -hmm. um and so in the same way, you have to relate to somebody. People do business with people they like. And so yeah. relate, share your story or share people's story. Um, if you're an entrepreneur trying to grow your business, share your story. Why are you doing what you do? Why does that matter to me at all? Yeah. And, um, and if you share that, it lets the guard down enough for you to actually come in and build credibility with what you're doing. Yeah. And so... Um, that's, that's the reason I share my story with pro capital is go, okay. If, if, if you can see yourself as similar to me in that aspect, maybe we'll have a conversation or maybe you'll come to one of my webinars or seminars, or maybe we'll talk. And now you'll actually be open to listen to me as a a credible professional, uh, versus somebody else. Come on. You've you've all had that insurance salesman who's come at you like, trying to sell you health insurance and like, and you, you, you have this, Oh, they got this problem, this problem. I'm like, brother, you just lost me. (laughs) I don't even want to talk to you anymore because I don't even know you and you're selling me out the gate. Stop it. Um, connect with somebody first. Then, then build the credibility after that. So that's what I would share with anybody doing that stuff. Share your, your most powerful weapon is your own story, your own testimony. So do that. So good, man. So good. Well, you had an awesome testimony for us today and I really appreciate it once again. Uh, as always, you guys, you know that the price of admission for this is to share it, get it into the hands of somebody else that's out there. We know that y- you guys are making impact out there. You are leading people and they need to hear stories like this. They need to hear what Corey went through and how he's been able to find purpose in his life even after the game was over. And you, I know that you've got people out there that are, are struggling right now. They're trying to trying to get that next chapter uh, of their life open. And so I just encourage you just just take the take the chance and, and get this out there and uh, and share it. So, as always, we appreciate you. We love you, and uh, have a fantastic rest of your week. 